Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you bring your Bible this evening? Well, you better pull it out then and let's go to James. Go to James, the fourth chapter. Because, you know, uh, you got two sources of believing and doing. One, what God said. Number two, what everybody else thinks. <laughs> Your opinion, my opinion, just not worth all that much. But what he said, you can build your life on that, right? What he said is right, no matter what you feel, no matter what you've heard or seen, what's going on, heaven and earth will pass away. But what he said remains forever. And so we ought to, you know, uh, I know when I first went to Bible school, for the first year or two particularly, uh, learning so much that I hadn't known before. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart and challenged me. He said, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but inside me I knew what he was saying to me. Uh, he said, son, everything that you realize you believe, find it in the book. Amen. Find it. Don't just say, well, I believe this. That's not good enough. Why do you believe it? Based on what? Uh, because so many people are in trouble believing the wrong things. Do you know what it means to be deceived? What is deceived? Deceived is that you're believing something is true that is not true. But you think it is. And, and that's, that, that's the way you can be, you know, destroyed. And so for the next uh, couple of years in particular, things would come up and I'd realize that would come back to me. You believe this. Yeah, I sure do. Where is it at? <laughs> so I'd get the Bible out and sometimes I'd look and I'd look and I'd look and I couldn't find it. <laughs> well, what does that tell you right there? Well, you shouldn't be saying I believe this and you can't find it. And sometimes after months I'd realize, well, I never read that in the Word. I heard some preacher say that. Our grandpa always said that. Are y'all listening? Or, or somebody, and, and, and well, grandpa, you know, God love him, but he can be wrong. <laughs> and preachers say stuff they ought not say. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. I'm a preacher. I'm talking about myself. So you ought to examine everything. That you hear, that you see with what? What's the standard? That you measure everything by. The, if it really is the Spirit of God speaking through somebody else, it's going to sound like the same one who's speaking through these pages because that's who the author of the book is. Right? He spoke through different human individuals, but it's the same Spirit. Amen. Let's look in James, please, this evening. Are you believing with me this evening? You know, the... Uh, no minister can do more uh, than the people will receive or allow. So I'm, I'm asking you to believe with me for exact utterance. Exact utterance. What does that mean? That we'll, we'll get into exactly what we should. You know, as a preacher, you, uh, you, know, you prepare best you know how, but then you want to be led by the Spirit. And so there are times I've gone all different directions that I never thought of before I got to the place. And later out, later on found out that was exactly what was going on and what people needed to hear. Well, I didn't know it, but the Lord knows it. Amen. I know one time a fellow uh, caught me after the service, and he looked at me. He said, Preacher, 
You got something to say to me, just say it. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, you know what I mean. I said, I don't. He started explaining it to me, and about two sentences into it, he realized he's telling me stuff I didn't know. And he said, you mean you didn't know all that? I said, not till just now. <laughs> See, the Lord was saying some things through me that, that dealt with what he was dealing with, but I didn't know all his stuff, and I didn't need to, don't want to. But he, the Spirit of God is here tonight, isn't he? So are you believing with me that he will say things exactly? So, I mean, we may, we may paint your picture tonight before it's over with and deal with some specifics. But if we do, don't get bent out of shape because then everybody will know it's you. Right? Just, just, just look straight ahead and smile and go, Amen, Brother Keith. That, somebody needs to hear that. That's good. And then if you need to, when you get home, fall across the bed and go, oh, God, that was me, and, and repent. But just be cool in here. Just be cool. <laughs> James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Did you find it? James 4 and uh, verse 2. Says you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, you cannot obtain, you fight and war. All that's over what? Over lust means desire. It can be a desire for any manner of things. All over what you want, trying to get what you want. Yet you have not, you're not getting what you want. Why? Because you ask not. He said, you're doing all this stuff, even murdering. Going to extreme lengths, doing all kind of terrible stuff. Why? To get what you want. And yet, you're still not getting what you want. And why? Because you ask not. The next verse, what does it say? It said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you consume it upon your own lust. Ask amiss means you're asking wrong. So there are two big things here. Asking and asking correctly. Can you see that? Two big reasons why people don't have what they desire, what they want. Because they're not asking. And then secondly, because they're not asking right. They're asking amiss. They're asking in error. They're asking wrongly. And so that's my, uh, uh, the title of the message this evening is ask. Don't let this be too simple for you now. There's revelation here. Hmm? How many know this is true? This verse right here. There's a whole lot of people doing all kind of things and they're winding up coming short. What's the answer? He said, I, he said, you're not ha- don't have it because you're not asking. You're not asking. And so uh, go back to the first chapter of James while you're this close by. Look at another passage. This passage talks about asking the correct way. Asking and asking correctly. In James 1 and verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, how are you going to get it? Let him ask of God. Now let me just pause right here. Somebody says, well, you, you know, study real hard. Friend, you can study 
till your eyeballs fade and you fall out of your chair at your desk and get nothing. You can come up, or you can come up with some goofy stuff on your own. <laughs> That's worse than nothing. Unless the Lord reaches inside you and turns on the light, you don't see things. You won't understand. Wisdom and understanding is a gift from Him. Hmm? Now, I want you to think, if you get, get a hold of this, this will excite you. Everything in your life that's bothered you, puzzled you, troubled you, hindered you, the Lord could open your eyes and you just know exactly why it's that way and what to do about it and how to change it tomorrow. He knows. The wisdom. Do you understand? God's not baffled about anything that's going on with you. Do you believe that? There's nothing that's stumping him. Nothing. Nothing. He's not surprised by any of it. He's not looking for any answers. He knows. And he can reveal things to you. And in his wisdom, you can know. Stop this. Start this. Change this. And that's it. That's the end of your problem. Anybody interested in this or not? This is the truth. If you're confused and you don't know what to do, that's darkness. That's lack of understanding. That's lack of wisdom. So the spirit of wisdom lives inside you. These are words of wisdom in this book. And he's here tonight to enlighten us, to commune commune with us, reveal things to us. If you lack wisdom, how how are you going to get it? Help me out here. There's that word again. Let him do what? Ask who for it? Don't ask any man or woman. Ask him. Ask God. That gives to all men how? Liberally. Liberally. He's a generous God. He's a God of abundance. Isn't he? And he upbraideth not. He won't make you feel stupid for asking. (laughs) He won't taunt you. (laughs) He's too big for that. He's too gracious for that. He won't go, what? You don't know? (laughs) You are a dumb one now, aren't you? Oh. (laughs) Well, it's about time you asked me. Uh Uh-uh. He won't upbraid you. He'll just graciously give you the wisdom you've been lacking. If you'll do what? If you'll ask. Ask. Keep reading. Upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Wisdom will be given him. But let him ask in faith. Now this is how you keep from asking amiss. This is how you ask correctly. Ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. You won't receive if you ask wavering. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. So you, you must ask, but you must ask in faith. And the opposite of faith is wavering. What does that mean? Well, did you ask for some wisdom? Yeah, I sure did. Well, then you're going to get it? Ah, <laughs> I sure need it, you know. And, and, um, but, you know, you just never know. 
what God's going to do. And people try to look all wise, and it's the wisdom they're lacking, you know. And they're like, well, you just never know. God, in his infinite wisdom, sometimes sees fit not to give it to us. And we just don't. So what are you saying? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You just not. That's wavering. So we know you won't receive. People, you know, they think it's it's some form of wisdom, but it's not. What if you said that about me? Well, you just never know what Brother Keith's going to do. Now, you know, he told the pastors that he'd come up here and he'd be here uh, Friday night. But for Brother Keith, you just never know what Brother Keith's going to do. What? What? That's bad, isn't it? What are you saying? I mean, he... He may do what he said. He may not. He's, he's unreliable. He's undependable. You can tell what God will do. He will do what he said he would do. Right? Every time. You can count on it. If he said, if you ask wisdom for him in faith, it shall be given to that person that asked, then you can count on that. I said you can count on that. Do you count on it? So don't, don't. You know, get into wavering with all, maybe he will, maybe he won't. We just don't know whatever the will of the Lord is. Well, if he said it, that's his will. And he's not going to change. Now, I know some people still struggling with that particular issue. But until you get things like that settled, you can't prevent wavering. And the Bible said the person wavering won't receive. Go with me over to, excuse me, Matthew, the seventh chapter. Matthew chapter 7. And we'll look down about verse 7. Matthew 7 and 7. Now there's some rich things here tonight in the Word. If you'll stay hooked with me. Don't think you already know this. Hmm? <laughs> Do you know why I just said that? <laughs> Don't think, well, I I know you got to ask. Well, why would the Lord have me minister on it then? (laughs) Maybe you do know something about it, but you don't suppose you know all there is to know about these verses now, do you? Hmm? That's a little weak. The answer is no. (laughs) No. So, Matthew 7. Are you there? Verse 7. This is Jesus speaking, the Master. What did he say? He said, ask, and what will happen? And you just never know. <laughs> yeah. It shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you for everyone. How many? Up to 95%. No. Everyone that asks, what happens? Receive. Now, of course, this sounds just like what you read in James, but that's presuming that you ask in faith. Remember what he said? If any man lack, lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. Remember that? But then the very next verse says, but ask in faith. Or that's why he shows you you wouldn't receive. So he's, a, he's uh, presuming you're going to ask in faith. Because he's a faith Jesus. I mean, you know, most of what he taught involves some kind of revelation about faith. So ask and it will be given. Verse uh, 8, everyone that asks receives. 
He that seeks finds. To him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask, ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? No. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that believe in him? That go to church. Huh? That do what? That ask him. Ask him. Go right over to the 18th chapter of Matthew. I know this sounds simple, but people are missing it in this area. I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit and make this statement. Pride assumes. Humility asks. I want to say that again. Pride assumes and presumes. Humility asks and is not presumptuous. In uh, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, he said, verse uh, 19, 18, 19, Again I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Have you ever seen somebody that said, you know, hey, would you agree with me on such and such? And they said, well, what is it? Well, you know, I'm I'm needing X amount of money by the end of the month or I'm, you know, for something in my body. Yeah, I agree with you in Jesus' name. They shake hands and they go away. Did they do that verse? No. You haven't done this verse until you ask. Are y'all with me, friends? Ask. ask. Somebody say ask. ask. Somebody woke up right then. <laughs> you must ask. If you say, I agree, you agree to what? Well, I agree that we're agreeing. And that you're wanting something and and I'm agreeing. Well, I'm not the provider. You're not the provider. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. Who can do this for us? Hmm? God, the Father. Well, shouldn't we ask Him? Right? We should ask Him. And if we will ask Him and agree as touching this thing that we... Are you looking at the scripture? Agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. So when people supposedly agree and it didn't happen, I am sure it wasn't a problem with this verse. Huh? I know I was had the privilege of ministering in healing school at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And uh, one uh, afternoon after I'd spoken, a uh, lady came up and had her Bible in her hand and threw it up on the, on the podium where I was. She pitched it up there and looked at me kind of annoyed and said, 
why doesn't that work? (laughs) Well, I just looked at it and saw it was the Bible, and that's all I needed to know. I said, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yeah, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yeah, it does. She said, no, we're getting nowhere. I said, what? She pointed, and it was James 5, uh, what is it, 14 to 15, uh, talks about, uh, is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, and the Lord will raise them up and forgive them. If they committed sins, it will be forgiven them. I'm misquoting it, but that, you know what I'm talking about. i got about three things going on inside me at the same time here. Uh, I said, uh, I said, that does work. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, so you did it? Yeah. And it didn't work? No. I said, let's go over this again real slow. In fact, just turn there while you're, while you're there. Go to James 5. I said, you were sick. She said, yeah, and still am. I said, you called for the elders of the church. She said, yes, I did. I said, they prayed over you and anointed you with all in the name of the Lord. She said, yeah, they did. I said, but the Lord didn't raise you up. And she said, no, he didn't. I said, hmm, let's go over this again. I said, you were sick. This is verse 14, James 5, 14. I said, you were, you were sick. She said, yeah, still am. I said, you call for the elders of the church. She said, yeah. I said, they prayed over you and anointed you with oil in the name of the Lord. She said, yeah. I said, but the Lord didn't raise you up. No. I closed the book. I said, well, sister, I'm sorry. I don't care who he is. If he didn't do what he said he would do, I reckon he lied to you. I'm sorry. She looked at me and went, no, that's not right. I said, I didn't think it was either. She said, God can't lie. I said, that's what I thought. So let's go over this again, (laughs) real slow. (laughs) You were sick, and I know, still are, right. You called for the elders of the church. Yes, I did. They anointed you with oil. Yes, they prayed over you in the name of the Lord. Yes, they prayed the prayer of faith over you. Yes. I said, what did they pray? They said, well, Lord, heal her if it be thy will. (laughs) Well, is that the prayer of faith? Why? Because we're back to what we saw originally. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Is that wavering? Yeah. And the wavering person, are they going to receive? No. No. I said, well, sister, I said, that's not the prayer of faith. And she looked at me and said, really? I said, no. And and I began to minister to her. And her eyes began to be open. She really didn't see it. She didn't know it. She was sincere. But you know, we ought to have enough smarts to realize if it didn't work out the way we we thought it was supposed to, it's not God's fault. It's not the Word's fault. He does not fail. His Word is perfect. I get amused at these supposedly educated people finding all these inconsistencies and these uh, contradictions in the book, in the Bible. That's laughable. All you found out is something you don't understand. And we already knew. (laughs) You could feel the ocean about stuff you don't understand. Right? I mean, no. 
there's been time after time myself, I'd see things in the Word and I'd think, hmm, now that sounds like it's different from what I read over there. But thank God I had enough understanding to realize there's nothing wrong with the book. It's just something short on my understanding. People look at you like, well, I don't understand that. Well, whoop-de-doo. There's a lot you don't understand. (laughs) But this is right. I said, this is right. There's going to be so many people. First thing when they get to heaven, this is going to be their response. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And the Lord will say, I told you. I told you. It was right there. (laughs) He's right. Every time. All the time. He's right. This book is right. So if it, it, if it disagrees with something you think, you're the one that needs to change. Right? Every time. Every time. <laughs> so what, what is this prayer of agreement? It's you and I agreeing as touching something that we ask. We ask the Father. And what are we agreeing then? I'm, you and I are agreeing. That it was right for us to ask. It was his will for us to ask. And that he heard it. And it's his will to do it. And we're expecting to see it and experiencing it. Right? And what did he say? It shall be done. My wife Phyllis and myself have acted on that verse. And you know, uh, married couples, man, you ought to know that verse well. And uh, uh, for for real. I mean, it's something you can act on. It's... uh, you know, one had put a thousand to flight, two had put ten thousand. Not two had put two thousand. Ten thousand. There's a multiplied effect when we join, and uh, you know, when you're you're needing money, you're needing this or that to change in your child's life. You're needing this and that. Uh, you you ought to be you ought to know how. Grab hands or sit down and pray and release faith. Ask the Lord for something. Get in faith. There's power in this. It shall be done. It shall be done. Somebody say, it shall be done. Shall be done. What will be done? The thing you agreed is touching and asking. That's what will be done. Go to Matthew 21, please. Can you take some more of this tonight? Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And it's about verse 22, I think. 21 and 22, Jesus said, And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, and what's that next word? Believing, you shall receive. Everybody read that out loud with me. And all things... Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Read it again. And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Who said you shall receive? Jesus, the head of the church. Then is this a fact? Is this true? Is this right? Then, friend, you and I 
or to know how to get through every situation. Shouldn't we? If we, if we need wisdom, we ask for it in faith. And then he'll show us what to do. And we'll know what to do and what not to do and what to change and how to come out. If we need healing, if we need money, if we need strength, if we need favor, we know who can work it all for us. Right? This is not too simple for you tonight now, is it? See, the enemy, uh, the, the Word of God, the way for us to live in faith, it's not complicated. It's not confusing. It's not hard. But the devil supernaturally works to confuse us. Too complicated to, to try to get us off. Because he knows if we just simply do in honest and sincere faith what the Lord told us, we'll have miracles. Amen. We'll have miracles. Amen. And he knows that. So he works overtime trying to get us in our head and deciphering and reasoning and philosophizing and every other thing and, and making it complicated and making it hard. And then we mess ourselves up. We, we get away from the simplicity of what he told us to do. Ask. And you shall receive. Somebody say, ask. Ask. And you shall receive. receive. You believe that? How hard is that? (laughs) Ask. And you shall receive. Go to John. Let's, Let's read another couple of verses along this line. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. John 14. So faith is a coming tonight. Even if you've known it, you're getting stronger in it. John 14 and 13. 14, 13, Jesus said, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That's plain. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. What did he say? Said he asked and what would happen? He said he would do it. So what do you suppose would happen if you ask in faith? He said he would do it. You believe he'll do it? He said he would do it. 15th chapter. 15. And the 7th verse. 15, 7. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You'll do what? You'll think about it a lot. Huh? (laughs) Ask. Ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Skip down to verse 16. 16. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Go to the 16th chapter, 16 and 23. 16, 23. Jesus said in that day, and this is the day in which you and I live today, Talking about after his death, burial, and resurrection. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he shall give it you. What does that mean, you'll ask me nothing? Well, contrary to what some people are doing today, you don't have to go through somebody else to get to the Father. Hmm? He said, you won't even have to come to me and ask me to ask the Father for you. Oh, friends. 
do we know what Jesus has done for us? What has he done for us? He has done what it took to allow you and I to be made righteous, to be made accepted in God's sight, that you, not you plus, you by yourself could come directly to the throne of Almighty God and ask Him and He would hear you. Not you plus anybody. You. You. If you'd come in faith. If you'd come in Jesus' name based on what He's done for you. Are you listening, friends? God the Father will hear you. He will hear you. And answer you. And give you what you ask. Oh, friend, how powerful. How wonderful. So, no, you you know, uh, it's scriptural for us to pray for each other. Don't misunderstand me. The Bible said pray one for another that you may be healed. But uh, there's a process of growing up, too. And, uh, you know, in that passage we just got through talking about, call for the elders of the church and, and get them to pray for you. Well, the implication there is that you are weak. Uh, beyond helping yourself, you you need help, and you can get in a place where you you need help, but you got to watch about just always asking somebody else to do you praying and believing for you, right? I mean, if you're sick, had your leg broke, I might come cut your grass. I might, but after you've been healed up for six months and you're sitting on the sofa and there's not a thing wrong with you, and you say, Brother Keith, could you come by and cut my grass? Well, cut your own grass, right? And people are doing the same thing spiritually, being lazy. Oh, brother, pray for me. You know, I've had people grab my hand and wouldn't let go and say, Oh, brother, every time you pray, pray for me. I'm not going to do it. I pray all the time. And why can't you pray for yourself? You understand what I'm saying? Now, there are times when we, we need some extra help. And thank God we can pray for each other. But watch about being spiritually lazy. Now, uh, <laughs> Amen, oh me or something, right? Uh, <laughs> he said, verse 24, Hitherto, up to that point, you have asked nothing in my name. They'd go to Jesus and, and Je- you know, they're looking to him. But he said, you can go straight to the Father after this. Ask, and what will happen? I- oh, this is such good news. Ask, huh? And you shall receive. And as a result of that, your joy will be full. Why? Because you've got everything you need. You asked for wisdom, and He gave it to you, and you did it, and it worked. You asked for your money and for your resources, and God did amazing things that you hadn't even thought of, and it worked out so perfectly. And you had everything, and you paid it off, and you had extra left over. Makes you glad, makes you happy. He showed you how to fix things up with your spouse, how to repair and be closer and stronger than you'd ever been. He showed you what to do with your kids. He showed you what to do on the workplace. You asked, He gave it to you. You asked, He calls you to receive. You asked, and your joy now is full. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God. And people are having not. Why? What's our text say? Because you ask not. Have not because you ask not. Well, in light of all this, I mean, we've looked at, what, 10 plus verses where the master said, ask. Did did Jesus say ask? Red letter, ask, ask, ask. Well, what do you suppose he expects us to do? 
Ask. Right? But yet you've got millions of church-going people that don't. And they got all these reasons for it. Have you ever heard people say this? Well, I don't want to bother the Lord. I don't want to bother the Lord with this. This is a little old, you know, I can take care of this on my own. Can you now? Remember, pride does what? Presumes, assumes, humility does what? Do you need help? Yeah. I'm going to ask that again. I said, do you need help? Are you kidding me? You need. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, you need help. (laughs) You. I'm telling you, you need help to get out of bed in the morning. You you need help to to drive down the road. You need help. And thank God He hasn't left us helpless. He's given us the greater one to help us. Jesus has provided everything we need, but what has been provided by grace must be accessed and received through faith. And one of, the, one of the big ways you do this is by asking in faith and believing you receive in faith and you shall receive. You'll enjoy and your joy will be full. But this, well, I don't want to bother the Lord. You know, people have, uh, I think they got this concept and picture in their mind that God's like the heavenly operator at the switchboard. <laughs> one of these old-fashioned, you know, where you cable and jack... And you got the lights and the sockets up there. And God is sitting there with his headset on to answer prayers. And man, prayers are coming in from all over the world. And the board's just lighting up and flashing. And God's plugging and unplugging. And, and he's answering. Even got some a little sweat right there on his brow. Because it's, it's a lot going on. I mean, you got to... Uh, the widow and the orphan and the soldier in the foxhole, and you got the prime minister and the president, and everybody's praying, and you just, you know, you thought, well, I don't want to bother the Lord. Listen, listen. There is no heavenly switchboard. I know people sing, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. But there is no switchboard, okay? God wouldn't even have a computer. He wouldn't have such a thing. It'd be like an ox cart to us. <laughs> He wouldn't have such a primitive thing. He's sitting on the throne. He's not old. He's not tired. There is no perspiration on his brow. Come on, are you listening to me? And he can hear every prayer simultaneously and answer everyone simultaneously. If the whole planet made a demand on his power and wisdom at exactly the same moment, the lights in heaven wouldn't even flicker. (laughs) He's God Almighty. He created the universe. Come on. And he's well able to hear and to answer the president, the prime minister, the widow, the soldier's prayer, and find you a parking place downtown at the same time with no problems. You have not, come on, help me out, you have not, because God's too busy, because your stuff's not important enough. No, you have not because you ask not. 
They went on to say, and you ask sometimes and don't get because you're asking wrong. You know, and he talked about wavering. You're not asking in faith. So we must ask, and we must ask confidently in faith and not waver after we've asked. And as surely as we'll do it, the words of Jesus will come to pass. You'll have what you asked for. You'll receive. He'll do it. I'm quoting scriptures. It'll come to pass. Do you believe this or not? Well, if it happens and you receive and it comes to pass, you're overcoming every trial and test. You're living a a victorious life. Not just crying, you're shouting. Thanks be unto God. Let's go further into this. If it's so obvious and so simple, the Lord said, ask. Why are people not asking? Let me give you three reasons why people are not asking. I didn't say this was the only three, but it it covers a lot of territory. Three reasons why people are not asking. We've already touched on them a little bit. One is pride. Pride. And uh, always ignorance goes with pride. I know you realize this or not, but the prouder you are, the more ignorant you'll be. It's just a fact. Just a fact. The prouder you are, the more independent you are, the more your understanding is darkened. Read the first chapter of Romans sometimes and read Obadiah in different places. You'll see uh, darkness comes in the prouder you get. And so pride is, I don't need it. You know, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I, I can, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. We, we, we already went through this uh, uh, slowly. Let me, let me slow it down one more time. You need help. <laughs> you need his help. Hmm? Oh, you can do it. Oh, yeah. You can do it by yourself and make the biggest mess hmm? and come up short. You can't do and I can't do anything the way it ought to be done and could be done without his help. The Bible said if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. And Jesus said, you can, you know, without me, you can do nothing. I can of my own self do nothing. Except we might say fail and mess up, mess things up. You need help. But it requires humility to acknowledge that. See, that's why so many people in the world, they push these theories of godless, uh, you know, things. Because they don't want to believe they're dependent on him for their next breath. They don't want to believe that. Pride doesn't want to acknowledge that. Pride is, no, you know, we are an amazing species. I mean, we just, in the goo, we decided I'm going to be a man. And we, from the goo to the zoo to you. (laughs) I lost my tail and jumped out of the tree and said, hey. I'm a man, here I am. And I have 
cultivated this planet and I can go to the moon and I can do this and I'm amazing. You're amazing because you're created in the likeness and image of God. Oh, come on now. But the reality is he not only created us, he sustains us every millisecond. Are you with me, friends? You and I would not make it throughout the rest of this service. Except he continued to give us our next breath. And our brightness of mind. Do you believe this? Yes. How many remember reading about King Nebuchadnezzar? Oh man. He was king of the known world. I mean you talk about somebody. He was a king of kings. And you remember he built Babylon for his glory. And it was something. And he stood out on the balcony. And he looked. God had warned him about this. And he didn't listen. And he stood and he said Look. At what I have done. For my glory. And just like that. He lost his mind. (laughs) And they had to take him. They put a rope around his neck. And took him out in the pasture. And he ate grass like a cow. (laughs) Until what was it? a, A year or two. Whatever he was. And his hair grew out. And his nails grew long. And he's like an animal. And one day out there, the Lord gave him his understanding back. And he stood up and he said, the Lord, he is God. (laughs) Now, let's not be that ignorant. Right? Let's have enough understanding to know who gives us our next breath. Everybody take a breath. Take a breath. (sighs) You ought to say, thank you, Lord. Your heart's still beating. Not only that, but you got enough sense to get up and come in here. And, and we're believing to have enough to get up and go home and continue with our life. Listen, there's a lot more where that came from. There are believers, even people that are born again, that the Holy Spirit hardly helps them. He doesn't help them very much. And yet he's with them all the time. Why? They don't look to him. And they don't ask. They do it themselves. You know, they maybe their parents did it that way and their parents before them did it that way and they're just used to doing it and they just fumble along and do it the best they can. But friend, there's other people. The Holy Spirit helps them with everything. Amen. Did you know the Bible talks about individuals in the Old Testament, two individuals, Aholiab and Bezalel. I know you might not have read about them recently, but God anointed their hands to work with wood and to work with metal. Do you know the Spirit of God will help you pull a transmission? Did you know that? You know He'd help you help you cook a meal? Did you know that? But you have not His help because you don't ask for it and you don't look for it. Friends, how much more can we begin to tap into? How much more of His grace and His strength and his ability, how much time we could save, how much money we could save, how many problems we could avoid and, and tragedies avert. If every time, I mean from the time you open your eyes in the morning to the time you lay your head on the pillow that night, look to him, ask, ask. You don't have to make a big deal out of it under your breath, on the job. Lord, show me what to do. Lord, I'm asking for your help. 
I'm asking for your wisdom on this. And you're not just asking vainly. You actually believe he hears you. And you believe it's his will to give it to you. And you're expecting to receive it. You're asking in faith. And I'm telling you, there will be a continuous flow. A continu- Does this sound good to you? A continuous flow of wisdom and grace and strength and health and favor. To you and me in our life. Thank you Lord. Pride doesn't ask. Humility does. Secondly. Why people don't ask. Is fear. People don't ask. Because of fear. Mark 9.32. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. It said, talking about his disciples, they understood not what he said, and they were afraid to ask him. People don't ask out of fear. And another way of saying fear is dread, apprehension. See, somebody said dread is fear? Absolutely. They're just the apprehension a little bit from there all the way to full-blown terror. Where you're just paralyzed from fear. That's all fear. It's just different degrees of the same stuff. And so people don't ask out of apprehension and lack of fear. Excuse me, lack of confidence. Fear. Turn to John 4, please. John 4. Won't you just act on this right now? Say it out loud, Lord. We ask you for exact utterance, manifestation of your spirit, the rest of the service, rest of the evening, and tomorrow. Hallelujah. Now expect. Just that simple. Expect. Expect. John 4, are you there? Jesus talking to the woman at the well, verse 9, he said to the, he said, then said the woman of Samaria to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, if you knew who I was, you would do what? You would have asked of him. She didn't know who she's talking to. And she didn't know how close her answer was. It was as close as asking him. Mm-mm-mm. Close as asking him. You would have asked of him, and he would have given you. If you, it didn't say you would have asked him, and he'd have thought about it. <laughs> right? That's that's religion. Trying to sow some seed of doubt in. Well, it might not. You just never know. No, come on. You got to ask in faith. He wouldn't tell you to ask unless he wanted you to ask. He wouldn't tell us to ask so he could tell us no. <laughs> ask. We read a dozen times. Ask, ask. So we ask and he goes, ha no. <laughs> How about you said ask, Lord? Yeah, I know, but I just, uh-uh. Nope. Well, why'd you tell me to ask? See, it doesn't make sense, does it? Do you know why he told us to ask? 
because he wants to do it. Now people say, well, if he wants to do it, he's God. Why don't he just do it? <laughs> hmm? Is he God or not? I mean, he's all powerful. Why don't he, he's a good God. He loves people. Why don't he just do it? Well, people that talk like that are not nearly as smart as they think they are. Mm, there's that ignorant thing, pride thing. You can hear it, can't you? Pride, ignorance. No, listen. God is doing things exactly the way they should be done, whether you think so or not. He allows all kind of things that's not his will. Don't please him. But it's because all of the tragedy, the pain, the awful things that are going on in the world today, you know why they're happening? It's because man has a free will. That's it. And man has chosen to rebel against God and not believe in God, not obey God, not follow Him. And the wages of sin is death. And that's not God's fault. And it's not His will. You want to see the will of God? Look in the front of the book and the back of the book. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You want to see the will of God? What God wants? What His plan is? In the very beginning, Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. No pain, no problems, nothing. You look in the back of the book. After everything's been restored in heaven, no pain, no dying, no crying, no suffering. That's the plan of God. That's the will of God. All this stuff in between, because man has messed up. Man has a free will. That's the truth, isn't it? So people say, well, if God, you know, why? he knows what I need. And see, this again is that pride thing, assuming. Well, the Lord knows what I need. And he'll, he'll send what I need. And if it didn't come, then he must know I didn't need it. And I asked, but he didn't do it. But we don't know. And <laughs> that's confusion. That's darkness, isn't it? God is not, his word tells us, he, he does, he's not moved to action by needs. Mm-mm. He knows what everybody on the planet needs. If he was moved by needs, miracles would be popping all over this planet, right? Wouldn't they? Because people are in need and he knows, well, why didn't he do it? It wouldn't be just. It wouldn't be right. He has set it up so that if you believe him, it gives him a right. You, ha- you have, a- do you hear this word, Ask. You have asked him into your life. That gives, that he's, he's a gentleman. See, the devil is a coercer and a pusher. The devil will take over if you don't keep him out. God's not that way. If you don't, if you don't allow him in, if you don't ask him in, he's not going to push himself off on you because that would be overriding your will, wouldn't it? You got to ask. I said, you got to ask. And we need to know this with each other. Being pushy and being demanding is ungodly. I said, it's ungodly. Well, you are going to do it. You know, I'm going to make you do it. That's devilish. Because if God himself is not going to make them do it, you better back off. Hmm? Yeah, but they need to do it. (laughs) So? Don't you think it grieves the Lord for people to go to hell? He's not willing that any should perish. But he's, if he was going to make people do anything, he would make them get born again. Right? Because, I mean, that's as important as it comes. 
And if he's not going to make people do that, then he's not going to make them receive healing or be filled with the Spirit or prosperity or any of that. Oh, but if you'll ask him to. I said, if you'll ask him to. He's ready. Why did he say ask? Because he wants you to open the door. He wants you to give him an opportunity, a right to come into your life and do things for you. But you must ask. In, in uh, Micah 7, you don't have to turn there, but Micah, the 7th chapter, and the 18th verse says this. Who is a God like unto thee? that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Delight, that's a strong word. There's some things you delight in. There's some things you enjoy. It might be your hobby. It might be your recreation. It might be your job. Something you really, you just enjoy doing it. You know what God enjoys doing? He enjoys manifesting mercy in people's lives. That ministers to him. He, he delights. Come on, can you picture the one who has created everything? It'd take a lot to impress him. Right? He creates stars, okay? Planets, solar systems. <laughs> what, what would excite him? He's seen it all. You know what what delights him? His eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking for somebody whose heart is towards him and wholehearted towards him. And if somebody will reach up and say, Lord, I believe you and I'm asking you to help me, makes him smile. That's his thing. Are you all with me tonight, saints? It delights him. It delights him. And as we grow up and become more like Him, we're the same way. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Right? It's a blessing to be in a position that you have resources and ability. If somebody needs help, you can do it. Hmm? You begin to operate in this, and I'm telling you, you'd rather do this than eat when you're hungry. Hmm? For, for God to use you to meet somebody's need, to help, it is a true delight. Amen. You hadn't lived until God has used you to help people. Yes. Help them come out of problems. Help them overcome things. Help them do th- Help their dream come to pass. Yes. Oh, it's some of the most fun you can have on the planet, I'm telling you. It is. It is. He delights in mercy. So let him have, you know... Make God happy. Ask Him to do something for you. <laughs> Are y'all with me, saints? Let Him in your life. Don't block Him. Don't say, I got this. I got this. <laughs> really, you don't. You just think you do. You need help. Remember that? You need help. And He will help you. He's ready. Ask Him. Say, Lord, I'm asking you. Show me how to say this. Show me how to do this. I'm asking for your strength. I'm asking for your grace. I'm asking for your help. I'm asking you to strengthen my body, Lord. I'm asking you to help me in my finances. I'm asking. And don't just ask, asking. We're not talking about begging and vain repetitions. Once you've asked, get in faith. Believe he heard you. That brings us to the third part here. 
Why don't people ask? People don't ask because of pride. And people don't ask because of fear. And people also don't ask because of unbelief. Unbelief. Turn to Isaiah 7, please. I'm not quite through. Can you take some more? I know this, uh, Isaiah 7. We're not quite through with this thought. People, even when you're talking about person to person, won't ask somebody for something if they don't feel like they have any place with them. Well, I don't know them. I can't ask them that. Hmm? This is going on with God because people don't really know Him. And they don't, they're not comfortable approaching Him and they don't know. It's, it's people are confused. They don't know the Word and they don't know Him. He reveals Himself to you through His Word. When people say, well, I've had people look at me before and say, well, I said, well, let me pray with you, you know, for, for, the, for your healing. They say, well, is it, how do you know it's God's will? People, I mean millions. That's right where they are. How, how do you know? And see, that is, people don't realize it, but that's looking at Jesus tied to the scourging post. All of our sicknesses laid on him. And you're looking at him asking him, do you want me to be healed? That's like looking at him hanging on the cross. Carrying all of our sins and the judgment of them and saying, Lord, is it your will for me to be saved? Well, why is he there? What's he doing it for? It should be plain and obvious to us, but the enemy has confused multitudes, hasn't he? You know, uh, let's pray and, pray and agree and ask for the money to pay your rent, to pay your payments, to get you caught up. Well, you, you reckon he would do that? See, they're hesitant to ask. Why? Because they don't know the place they have with him because of what Jesus has done. They don't feel comfortable asking or asking at a certain level. We need mind renewal and we need all this old junk pushed out of us. All this old wrong thinking and wrong believing because it all it all works to the same end to keep us in apprehension. Keep us reserved and pulling back and fear. You know, think about Peter. That day that he heard that amazing message. He's seeing and hearing Jesus for one of the first times. And then he asked him to, uh, you know, to use his boat. And he heard the sermon. Then he said, cast out for a catch. And, and he did. Man, they got so many fish and hadn't been able to catch a thing. And remember what he said? He backed off and he said, Lord, you need to go away from me. Because I'm a sinful man. Say what? This is the best day of his life. Right? He's in better shape spiritually than he's ever been. He's got a bunch of money off this big catch. And he's wanting the best thing that's ever come into his life to go away. Why? Fear. Go away from me. I'm a sinful man. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't be close to you. I, I can't. And yet, by the mercy of God, he walked with him for the next three and a half years. Right? How many know the Lord can help you out of that junk? 
And, and uh, maybe you have done some bad stuff, but that's why the blood of Jesus has been shed to cleanse you from everything. Right? And the, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the cleansing of your sin then allows your confidence to rise up. You know, when they broke off the roof and they lowered that man down and Jesus looked at him and said, your sins be forgiven you. Well, they came to get, get his healing. Why would he say that? Because he knew that would hold back his faith. Soon as he knew that his sins are forgiven, there's no condemnation there. Now your faith can rise up and you can come and get close and ask. Oh, can you see this, friends? In Isaiah 7 and 10, 7 and 10, it says, The Lord spoke unto Ahaz and said, Ask you a sign of the Lord. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. This is his nature. He's always been like this. What did he say? Ask. Ask. And what does he say? Let me paraphrase a little bit. Ask big. I mean, ask as high as heaven. Right? Ask, Ask to the highest heights. Ask to the deepest depths. Ask. Ask. There's a, a story of a great ruler who they, an individual petitioned to come before them, and, and they didn't know him. And finally they did. They, they gave an audience after waiting months and months, and they came in. And they stood up, and just brazenly they, they asked the king for a huge thing. And his counselors gasped. And everybody looked at him like, are you crazy? Asking the king for this? And the king smiled and said, granted. Everybody really gasped. Then they thought, what? And the guy smiled and said, thank you, and left. And they said, one of the advisors said, oh, great king, why would you do that? Did you even know him? He said, no. He said, but the magnitude of his request honored me. The magnitude of his request honored me. Why? Because he believed I was great enough to do it. I could do it. You have not? Because you asked not. Keep reading. He said, Ahaz, ask a sign. And boy, the Lord doesn't, doesn't say that all the time concerning signs. But ask it in depth, in height. And, and what did Ahaz say? No, 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 no. I won't ask it. I'm not going to tempt the Lord like that. Ahaz thought he was humble. And he's being stupid. Can you see this? And did the Lord say, bless your heart. That's why I like you, Ahaz, (laughs) because you wouldn't, you know. The Lord's not using some kind of reverse psychology on him. Tells him to ask, but he really hopes he won't. God's not full of all that junk like people are. He means what he says, and he says what he means. And if he tells you to ask, he expects you to ask. What's the next verse? What did he say? He said, Hear you now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men 
But will you weary my God also? He said, you're wearing my patience, buddy. What do you mean you're not going to ask? I told you to ask. Why am I reading this? We need to take the Lord seriously. He's very great. He's not playing games. This false humility is a stench in his nostrils because it's pride in disguise. I said it's pride in disguise. What do you mean? People are proud of how humble they think they are. It's Oh, it's ugly in the eyes. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't pray. I'm not going to ask. I just want to leave it to the Lord. They imagine that they're so holy and so humble. The Lord said, ask. And when he says ask, if you don't, you're wearying him. You're irritating him. Because what delights him? You're holding back his delight. Why? He wants to get in your life. I said he wants to get in your life. He wants to get in your life. He wants to manifest in your marriage and in your finances and in your body and in your kids and on the job. He wants you to like to be so bright that everybody around you in the neighborhood sees how good God is to you. And it makes them want to find out what's your secret. Right? And the goodness of God leads and draws people to repentance, doesn't it? When they see how good, and they say, how do you do it? How do your kids do so well? How are you in this economy? How are you doing so well financially? How is it everybody's sick and got the flu, and you're healthy, and your kids make it through the whole year? How? 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 You say, I I know somebody. (laughs) I know somebody. (laughs) And all you got to do is ask him. Right? And they can ask him and be born again. Right? They can ask him. And receive. When the Lord says ask, help me out. What is it? What does he intend for you to do? Ask. Ask. In Luke 7, don't turn there. Uh, but in Luke 7 is the story of the, the centurion. And uh, he said to Jesus, he said, uh, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. This is the thing. People think, because, you know, you've got masses of people. They won't even pray directly to God. They pray to saints. Did you hear me? Why? Because, oh, because I'm not worthy. So they're not surprised at all if things don't happen. Because they know, well, I, who am I? What am I? Um. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, who's influenced so many of our lives, uh, told about a visitation and a vision that he had. And uh, an amazing thing. He was having a meeting and, and the Lord caught him up out of his body. He said he saw the Lord. And he just saw, seen his form. And, but for a moment during the vision, he looked straight at him. And he said when he did, he was just overcome. He said, people asked him to try to describe. He said uh, he didn't, his words failed him, but he tried to describe. He said the most notable thing about him was his eyes. He said it looked like you could look down into them a mile deep. 
And they just look. He said they look like pools, wells of living love. Mm. How many looking forward to seeing him? Won't be long. We'll see him too. And uh, he said when when he looked at the Lord, he would just overcome. And he fell down. And, and, and put his hands down. And he said, notice the Lord's feet were bare. And he said, oh, Lord, nobody as unworthy as I should look on your face. And you'd feel that way. You would. He said, but the Lord said, get up. Get up. And he said, when he said it, yes, like you didn't think about not getting up. He said, man. <laughs> he said he got up and he stood there kind of shaking. He said, the Lord looked at him and said, I have made you worthy by my blood. Oh, friends, uh, do you believe that? In and of our own self, we, we are nothing. We can do nothing. But Jesus didn't come and do all he did for himself. He didn't need it for himself. He did it for us. And his victory is our victory. Oh, come on. His acceptance of the Father in redemption is our acceptance. His righteousness is our righteousness. His holiness and righteousness and worthiness is ours. We are worthy to stand before the Lord. It's not because anything we've ever done or ever will do. It's because He gave it to us. I said He gave it to us. He gave it to us. And we just receive it by faith. And because of that... Even though after the flesh we couldn't sum up the courage to do it. But because of that, you and I have been told to come boldly to the very throne of grace. Is it written, friends, is it in the scripture, Hebrews 4, come boldly, 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 not, not arrogantly, but just confidently. Come right up. You hear people talk about sometimes bombarding the gates of heaven. (laughs) Why holler out at the gate when you can come right up to the throne? (laughs) Without any great fanfare, just just come right up to the throne. Again, that's people who've heard religious, unbiblical teaching, right? And it's all designed to make you feel inferior so that you draw back like Peter and say, oh, that's, he's too holy. I, can't, I couldn't ask. I couldn't. And, and, and it's actually displeasing the Lord because he told you, come right here. Come right here. Right in my, boldly. That means head up. Walk right up. Go to uh, Luke. <clears throat> I'm trying to finish up, but things keep coming up to me. Can you take a little more? Luke 11. Yeah, let's just make the best of it, most of it. Luke 11. Jesus is teaching. And these things he taught are like taking the the curtain and pulling it back and letting you see into how God thinks and how things are supposed to operate and what's holding, what's the problem, what's holding things back. In the 11th uh, chapter and the 5th verse, he said, uh, which of you shall have a friend 
and shall go unto him at midnight, and shall say, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I say to you, what's the punchline of the story here? I say to you, ask. And it shall be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone that asks receives. And he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it it shall be opened. Now the the punchline is ask. But the key word to understanding the thing is the word uh, importunity. And that's a word. When's the last time you used that in a conversation? (laughs) Importunity. And a lot of people have had turned it to say persistent request. And I disagree. Look it up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Study it. Look it up. Let me read some definitions to you. I jotted them down in, in my uh, margin here. One says shamelessness without bashfulness shamelessness without bashfulness come on get get inside the story a lot of people wouldn't get any bread out of the situation because they would never go ask huh of course back then midnight would be like three or four in the morning for us, or at least, because, you know, when it got dark, people went to bed. No, no electricity, you know. And, and so everybody's in a, in a sound sleep, midnight, and boom, 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 Hey, Joe, get up, man. What? Bob, is that you? Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, Sam just showed up and I don't have anything in the house to eat and you know get up and give me some food (laughs) and Jesus said he'll get up and give him what he needs but not because he's such a good friend Huh? Why? Because right now he ain't thinking about Bob, my great friend. <laughs> He's not thinking about that. It's midnight. Sound asleep. He's waking the kids up. He's doing this. He's doing that. Why will he get up and give it to him? Importunity means shamelessness without bashfulness. Why? Because he he had the audacity to walk up there and beat on the door in the middle of the night and ask for it. And so what's the very next phrase Jesus says? Ask. So ask. And he's talking about asking God. Asking Him. Why? Because 
this false humility, this stuff of people, oh, I'm not going to ask. Oh, I don't want to bother the Lord. Oh, I just don't know. We don't really know what we would need. Oh, that is holding people back. That's confusing them. Step right up. Come boldly. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Come right up and say, Father, I want to ask you for something. Right? He wants you to ask him. It, 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 open, it throws both doors open for him to get involved in your business. Get in your life. Why? Because if anything ever came up, he could say, they asked me to. Hmm? See, this, this has to do with the justice of God. Because soon and very soon, all this is going to be over. And everybody's going to stand before the, the Lord. And the books are going to be open. And the Bible says, yea, let God be true. But every man a liar, that thou mayest be justified when you are judged. When who is judged? When God is judged. People are judging him. People are saying, that's not fair. That's not right. Why did you do that for them? And you didn't do it for me. And see, people carry bitterness of this stuff through their whole life. But I want you to know when it's all said and done. And it's all laid bare. Everybody's going to see and know God was fair. I said he was fair. Because some asked him and invited him in. And others did not. Some obeyed him and did what he said. And others did not. And it gave him a right to do things in their life. Where he did not have that right. He did not have that access. Didn't he say behold I stand at the door and knock. Didn't he say it. And so it's up to you and me whether we let him in. I know it sounds like a, can it really be that? Yes. It's up to you. It's up to me whether we let him in to be our Savior or not. We know that. But if it's true concerning the most important thing, why wouldn't it be true concerning every other lesser thing? It is. It's up to us whether we let him in. How can you let him in? How can you throw both doors open and invite him into that situation? You Humble yourself and say, Lord, I need your help on this. I want your help. I'm asking you to get involved with this with me. I'm asking you to take hold with me on this. It'll delight him. It'll make him smile. It'll please him. And you shall receive. Do you believe it, saints? Am I reading the Bible up here tonight? Glory, glory, glory. Go to 1 John in closing, I think. 1 John 3. 1 John 3. 21. 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Why are people not asking? Condemned. Don't feel comfortable around the Lord. Conscious of their sins and mistakes and failures. Instead of being conscious of what Jesus has done for us. Hmm? I've had people say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. It doesn't matter what you've done. His blood is more powerful than anything you've ever done can absolutely wash you away so that God doesn't even see it anymore. Amen. And he said, I, he said, there's sins and iniquities. I will remember no more. He forgets them. Yeah. 
How can he do that? He's God. He can do it. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see it anymore. All he sees is the righteousness of Jesus. He's already accepted that. He's pleased with that. And if he's not bringing it up, you ought to quit bringing it up. And get comfortable with him. And come boldly. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to, excuse me, I had to skip down too far. Uh, we have confidence toward God. Whatever we ask, whatever we what? Ask. ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Fifth chapter was what I was jumping to. Fifth chapter in the 14th verse. 5.14. And this is the confidence. Confidence. Confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Glory. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, whatever we what? Ask. Then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We know we have it. We have what? What we asked? Glory. Glory. Skip down to the 16th verse. 16th verse. If any man see his brother sin, a sin, which is not unto death, he shall, he shall what? He shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I don't say that he shall pray for it. That's another subject. But he's talking about asking for something concerning your brother in a bad situation that they're in. And he said the Lord would give him life because you asked. Oh, friends, we haven't operated in the fullness of what's available to us in our relationship with the Lord. There's been situations in my life with acquaintances, fellow ministers, family. I'm thinking of one right now. And I knew this person was in trouble. I knew they had messed up and they weren't trying to do right. And, man, if they get what they deserve, judgment's going to come. And I pled. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy on them. Give them another opportunity to repent. Give them space and time to get this right. Have, have mercy on them. And I know I'd been praying about it off and on for, for a week or two. And, and, and I was going through the motion of my day. And, and the Lord, I, I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside me, he, he, he brought it to my mind. He said, I'm going to do that just because you asked me to. Oh, man. I sat down and wept. I'm going to do it. Why? Because they deserved it? No, they didn't deserve it. Because why? Because you asked me to. Oh, friend. That's why the the Lord met uh, Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And and, and Abraham walked with him. And he looked at him and said, Shall I hide from my friend what's about to happen? And he let him know. Why did he let him know? Why did he let him know? He wants somebody to ask him. Because if you'll ask him, it gives him a right to get involved. 
Now, I know some people don't like this. They think, well, God's God. He can do whatever he wants to. He can, and he's chosen to do it this way. He's ordained that it operate this way. And so you can't just ignore it and say, well, he'll just do whatever he wants, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask. That's pride. That's rebellion. That's disobedience. He said, ask. You know, you shouldn't have to know anything else. He said, ask. And so Abraham asked. And he, he said, oh, I, you know, I don't want to push this, but what if we are missing this many? And, and what if we only have this many? And You know, that's why the Lord told him, because he knew he would do that. He wanted him to ask. And he said, no, if, if I find that many, we'll spare the whole place. He is that way. He is a gracious, good God. Do you believe it? And he loves you. And he will hear you. His ear is open to you. And you can come boldly yourself, not you plus a bunch of other people. You come directly to him and ask him in sincerity and he will hear you. And he will, if we know that he hears us, what else did it say? We know that we have. Have. Granted to us the petitions, the desires that we, we, that we desired, that we asked of him. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand up. Singers and players, would y'all come up and, and play softly? And let's wait on the Lord just a moment further here. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes and lift up your heart and lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being so great. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for being so kind. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Pray this out loud. Close your eyes and pray this out loud with me. Father God, help me to be rid of wrong thinking. Anything that would undermine my confidence or hinder me from asking you and believing you and allowing you into my life in the full measure that delights you. I'm asking now, come into my life, every part of my life. I need your help, and I'm asking for it in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift up your hands. Say, thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you. Come on, praise him, saints. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I give you all the glory, all the praises. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
some. Pray in the Spirit. Express your heart to the Lord. Tell Him how much you love Him. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We magnify your name. We give you glory. Right here, right now. There's people that need their body touched, that need their mind, they need their marriage help. Let's ask Him, and not just ask, but what? Believe. Expect it to come. Right here, right now. Everybody, sit out loud. Lord, You are the great miracle-working God. Nothing is too hard for You. Nothing's impossible. And you told us to ask. So we're asking. We ask for miracles. Miracles. In our midst. Stretch forth your hand. To heal. And that wonders. And miracles. Be done. For my brother, for my sister, for whoever needs it, in here, now, I ask in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to praise Him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Come on, expect. Expect miracles right now. Lord, I thank you for working miracles right here, right now, in our midst. Oh, in us. For us. Among us, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Listen. Listen. Oftentimes, when the Lord's doing, keep your eyes closed. Respect the Lord. Great reverence for Him. Oftentimes, the Lord does things in a service like this. He'll show me some of them. I see one of them right now. There's several, more than one person. Your mind has just been, for lack of a better word, muddled. Just 
confused and darkness and depression and that is coming off of you right now in the name of Jesus it's been hard for you to think it's been hard for you to think that's coming off of you right now in the name of Jesus be dissipated be removed in Jesus name Oh, let's thank Him for it, saints. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. Oh, I thank You for it. I thank You for it. Thank You, thank You. Thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You, Lord. Be loosed. Be removed. Hallelujah. Also, just close your eyes. Be very respectful to the Lord. Also, lower backs are being healed. Lower back. If that's you, put your hand on your, on your back. No looking around. Just stay respectful to the Lord now. Oh, yeah, right there. Like a warm glow. Like a heat flowing into that place right now. In the name of Jesus muscles relax be released be straightened be corrected be healed be restored in the name of Jesus oh that's it right there friend that's it right there somebody say I receive I receive I believe I receive oh hallelujah hallelujah let's thank him some more Oh, thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Just keep thanking him. He said, ask and you receive. We asked. We're receiving. Hallelujah. 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 Listen. Listen, just keep your eyes closed. Two things. The grace of the Lord is already working to help people in relationships and to help them in their finances. Listen carefully now. The Lord heard you. It's His delight to get you out of that and get you through it. He, he's He's been on the sidelines wanting to help the whole time. People try to do it on their own. He, he will show individuals specific things to say and to do with that person that you've had the problem with. And if you want the change, you must obey. You must do it. 
you must go to him and you must say what he tells you to say and you must do what he tells you to do. And if you'll do it, and when you do it, you'll see the anointing will come. And bondages will be broken. And walls that have been put up will come tumbling down. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The help has come to you. The help is working in you. But you must obey. You must do what he told you to do. You must say what he told you to say. Hallelujah. Don't be too proud. Don't be hard-headed. Do what he tells you to do. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I will obey, Lord. I, yes, I'll do what you say. Now, a similar thing where your finances are concerned. It's the easiest thing, easy, so easy, for the Lord to bring you out of that difficulty. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care why it got that way. The Lord is very gracious, very kind, very merciful. And He will show you what to do. Some people, it'll be a seed that He'll show you to sow. Others, it'll be a change that, he, that you must do concerning what you're doing in your finances. He'll, 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 it'll come up in your heart and you'll be tempted not to do it. There'll be fear, but you must obey Him if you want to get the results. And if you'll do what He shows you to do. It's a step of faith. I know it is. But if you'll do what He tells you to do, I'm telling you, He'll sweep in there and that thing that's been siphoning off all of your finances, it'll stop and He'll recover to you and restore to you what the grasshoppers and the locusts ate up. And you'll be in the best shape of your life. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I give you glory. before it sees any change. Go ahead, lift up your hands. Faith gives thanks beforehand. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me out of every problem. Thank you for giving me victory in every area. Thank you for supplying all my needs. Thank you Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Everybody say thank you. Oh, thank you. 